0: Well Within Reach is brought to you by Riverside MyChart, your simple, secure, and confidential online health connection. With just a click, Riverside MyChart lets you stay well connected to the same information your doctor sees. You can request prescription refills, pay your bills, schedule your next appointment, and more. Manage your care from your laptop, tablet, or phone. Whether for yourself, your kids, or the grandparents, MyChart makes your busy life just a little easier. Learn more and enroll today at RiversideMyChart.org. Just another way to stay well-connected from Riverside Healthcare.
1: Riverside Healthcare puts the health and wellness information you need well within reach. This is the Well Within Reach podcast, and today we are talking to Emily Lavoie. Emily is an eating psychology coach. Emily, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Carl. How are you? I'm good. Good. Eating psychology, that sounds like an interesting topic, a healthy topic, Mm -hmm. that I'm guessing you're gonna tell us is not just about weight loss, but has other elements to it as well about being healthy and how, how you can do that. What's the, how you can stay on track with healthy eating is what comes to my mind. Maybe there's a lot more to it than that. So I'm anxious to hear about all that because I need a lot of help when it comes (laughs) to eating and eating healthier. So this is going to be a great podcast for me to be a part of. But before we dive into all that information, let's talk a little bit about you and your background. How did you get to become... An eating psychology coach?
0: Oh, thanks for asking, and thanks for having me. A little bit about me, I started out in the fitness world as a personal trainer and a group fitness teacher, and I was passionate about helping people, but behind the scenes, I also was struggling myself, and I realized right away that Personal training and fitness wasn't enough to help people the way that I wanted to be able to help people and it also wasn't enough um, for me to Essentially be perfect. I was struggling with perfectionism Um, So I got into nutrition and then again Realized that that wasn't exactly helping people or myself the way that I wanted to ultimately people kept reporting back to me that Kind of saying, like, I know what I should eat. I just am really struggling to make myself do it or I know what I should eat but dot 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 yeah. um, whatever their reason was and just like we all do all the time I'm scrolling through Facebook one day and I see an advertisement for the Institute for the Psychology of Eating become an eating psychology coach mm. and um, just seeing those two words together eating and psychology I thought to myself immediately uh, not only is that what I probably need I felt like a lot of the people that I work with um, that would be something helpful for them as well. So I made myself an eating psychology coach.
1: Oh, very good. And I, in starting it as a a trainer, a personal trainer, I'm Mm -hmm. sure, as you were kind of saying, you hear a lot of stories about where people, how people got where they are and what they're still struggling with, as you said. And, and I, having been through this struggle myself, still struggling in a lot of ways, you know, having been through some pretty significant weight loss and then regaining the weight, unfortunately, you know, I know what it takes, as you were saying, you know, the things you should be doing. But it's, it's tough to, to do them mm-hmm. all, all the time and, and to stay focused on doing the right thing. And I'm sure that's where the psychology component of it really comes in. Correct. Yeah. So for, as, a, as, a, uh, as a trainer, you were, mm-hmm. you know, lifting weights and, and getting people healthy or, or help, that's the goal, to get healthier mm-hmm. through physical training. So but but food is such an important component of our health that it's kind of a natural extension of, of that work. What what as you got into uh, eating psychology, what kind of things surprised you about the connection between health and fitness and food and and how we how we think of food?
0: When we think of health and wellness, there's a lot of components to it and food is closely tied in, fitness is closely tied in, and the message that we get from society or from the media a lot of times is that food and activity or what we eat in our fitness and activity levels, um, dictate our weight. And so it's essentially that model of calories in calories out or eat less and exercise more or burn more calories through fitness and movement. And there's so much more to it than that. There's so many more layers of health. There's so many more layers of weight loss and stuff that you wouldn't even begin to imagine, Mm. um, is, is layered in there. So it was interesting to peel back the layers, like peeling back the layers of the onion, in different ways to be able to help different people. Besides just what it is that we're putting in our bodies and feeding ourselves, and the amount of calories that we're burning.
1: Yeah. So the difference between a a psychology eating coach, uh, eating psychology coach, and a nutritionist. What what's the difference between the two?
0: Um, The best way for me to explain that is to kind of give a real world example of people. So somebody who is maybe looking for nutritional help from a nutritionist, they would maybe say to me something along the lines of, I don't know what I should eat. I don't know what is healthy versus what is not healthy. Um, I'm I'm confused because I read something that said eggs are healthy and then I saw something else on the internet that said eggs are not healthy. Don't eat them. And I, there's just a lot of opposing information mm-hmm. and I need your help like squaring it away. Um, please help me. Teach me what I should eat more of. Teach me what I should eat less of. And then once I teach them how to eat, those people who need nutritional help, they can take that knowledge that I taught them and start putting it into practice and put it into practice consistently enough to get the results that they want to get. Mm -hmm. Somebody who needs more eating psychology coaching, they would say to me something along the lines of... Yeah, I kind of know what I should eat already, but I'm really struggling to do it. Um, I know what is healthy and I know what is unhealthy. I know what I should eat more of. I know what I should eat less of. Um, I just can't make myself do it. I can't make myself do it consistently enough to get the results that I want. They might also say um, I've tried some diets in the past, or maybe they say I've tried every diet out there, and I have lost weight, but I've gained it back, and I've done some yo-yo dieting, and I call that weight cycling.
1: Mm-hmm. Stress eating. I'm sure that comes up in, in your work quite a bit. I know I'm, I'm guilty of that a lot. Toward the end of the day, maybe you're a little hungry, and but there's a purport you got to get done, and you're just you're stressing out a little bit. Combine that with a little bit of hunger, and you go right for the unhealthy stuff. Mm-hmm. Every, every At least I do every time. What, what's that all about? How, how can you guide people? Or how do you try to guide people through those kinds of things?
0: Um, So typically, the first time I meet with an eating psychology client, I warn them in advance that, you know, our first appointment, I'm going to be asking you a whole bunch of questions. Um, In eating psychology, eventually we talk about nutrition, but that first appointment, sometimes it spills over into the second appointment as well. I'm going to be asking you questions about everything that's stressful in life. So I just like to warn people that, you know, make me your best friend. I'm going to be asking you questions that you don't typically talk to a perfect stranger about. Examples would be, I want to know what your childhood was like. I want to know what your relationship with your parents was like when you were a child. What is it like as an adult? Are your parents still alive? What about your relationship with your siblings? Um, You know, How is your relationship with your significant other? How are your finances? Do you like your job? Do you like where you're living? All of those stressful things a lot of times are what our challenges with food are rooted in. So we talk about nutrition and eating psychology, but we also talk about a lot of the other things in life that are stressful.
1: Yeah. Before we we started recording we talked a little about unwanted eating habits. I can guess at what some what that might be, but talk a little bit about unwanted eating habits and and how you work with your clients on in that regard
0: yeah um, I'll give you a list of um, some of the more common unwanted eating habits um, one of them definitely is overeating um, binge eating is another emotional eating stress eating boredom eating, um, quote-unquote food addiction. Um, a lot of people will find themselves turning to food or eating when they're lonely, um, eating for comfort or eating for pleasure. And I can expand on a few of those mm-hmm. um, if you think listeners might be interested. So um, I'm going to start with binge eating. So in my opinion, binge eating is defined as somebody who's eating um, a very large amount of food in a short time frame. They're taking in um, a lot of calories. Oftentimes binge eating is done fast and frantically and there's a definite feeling of being out of control. Um, sometimes people go to extreme measures to hide that they are binge eating. So um, maybe they wait until the other people in the household go to bed or maybe they get in their car and go do it and then they kind of secretly dispose of the evidence, if you will. Um after somebody binge eats, there's usually a tremendous amount of guilt that they are feeling associated to the amount of food that they consumed. And they will commonly kind of say, like, that was the last time that that's going to happen. Tomorrow is a new day. I'm not going to do that again. Um, And then sometimes they would like try to um, do damage control the next morning and not eat breakfast or basically eat a lettuce leaf for lunch, Mm -hmm. um, which kind of keeps them stuck in the cycle where they're then then starving because they skip breakfast and maybe lunch. And then they would find themselves like binging again that afternoon or evening. And mm. sometimes just pointing out that cycle, like, yes, if you binge, you should still eat breakfast. You should still eat lunch. And then when the afternoon or evening rolls around, you won't be starving to Yeah. Death.
1: Binge eating sounds a lot like it could be tied to food addiction.
0: Food addiction. I always like to kind of say, quote unquote, addiction, because uh in my opinion we're all addicted to food we have to eat to live if we weren't addicted to it we would die eventually Mm -hmm. um but we don't talk about being addicted to air and we all are addicted to air just as much as we are to food. We have to eat to live, we have to breathe to live, but people never feel like, oh, I breathed too much yesterday, I'm gonna (laughs) hold my breath all day long today to make up for all that extra air I took in. But we do that with food. We can feel very addicted to strong substances in food. Some Mm -hmm. of those would be like sugar, chocolate, um, caffeine is a strong substance in food, which is different than a drug Drug addiction or an alcohol addiction because we don't need drugs and alcohol to live. Mm-hmm. We do need food to yeah, live.
1: Yeah. So eating disorders again, something that probably comes up in your in your work as well. How do you assess that, or how how do those Factor
0: in? That's a great question. Uh, eating disorders are viewed by the medical community um, as a diagnosis and life threatening. And yeah, they're usually diagnosed by a physician or a psychologist or a psychiatrist. And it, if they're not corrected at some point, a lot of times the patient's going to have some negative medical implications as mm-hmm. a result of them. And Disordered eating is not necessarily viewed by the medical community as a life or death situation. Um, So there's disordered eating, and then there's something different than that, which I refer to as, uh, sorry, there's eating disorders. And then a little bit different that it is disordered eating. And those are some of the unwanted eating habits yeah. that I listed. Yeah.
1: Were there any others of the unwanted eating habits you wanted to kind of call out and, and talk a little bit about?
0: Um, I would like to say that a lot of them, um, when you really break down and peel back the layers, a lot of it has to do with eating for comfort and um, eating for pleasure. And that's not a bad thing. We do eat for reasons besides hunger it begins to become a problem when we don't have enough comfort and pleasure coming into our lives um, from other avenues and we continuously are looking to food for comfort and pleasure and that's the only way we are getting comfort and pleasure
1: do you still do uh, coaching, physical uh, coaching,
0: personal training. personal training. I do still do personal training. A lot of the clients that I work with, I've been working with for seven or eight years yeah. and they're kind of more so friends sure. now. Um, and, and I, a lot of the people that I work with, um, also are a little bit handicapped and mm-hmm. they just hold a, a special place in my well, heart.
1: Sure. Well, do you do any, both for any clients where you're doing some, uh, eating coaching as well as, uh, physical training?
0: A few, not very many. Yeah. Though. It's kind of hard to coach people that you have a close relationship with yeah. and know a lot about their life already. Yeah. Um, I feel like a more successful coach when I'm starting from scratch with someone that I don't know well.
1: Yeah. And if someone's interested in, in looking more into an eating psychology coach, what, what should they do?
0: Um, so I would like to say that anybody who is interested in learning more about eating psychology, they everybody gets um, a free consultation with me, and it's usually thirty to sixty minutes. And I kind of explain the program that we offer. Um, I can. I my office is at Riverside Health Fitness Center. It's in Bourbon, A on Route Forty Five North. Um, if somebody wants to call the fitness center, they can call me at eight one five nine to nine. 1200 extension 6957 um, if email is your thing you can reach me through email it's um, e lavoy e-l-a-v-o-i-e at uh, rhc.net I have a Facebook page that I give away a lot of free content on oh. um, and I'd love for people to follow me and learn more about eating psychology it's my first and last name Emily Lavoy hyphen eating psychology coach. And th-
1: through the Riverside website website of the Riverside Health Fitness Center website. Are you listed there as well? Yep, so uh-huh. folks could find you there. For sure. It, and maybe I should have asked this question a little bit earlier, but in your mind, when is someone ready?
0: If someone has ever said out loud or even just thought to themselves, I know what I should eat. I just can't make myself do it. Um, they don't have a willpower problem. They don't have a self-control problem. And they've probably been trying to correct their relationship with food for a while on their own unsuccessfully. So, um, they, sh- they should reach out to me or another eating psychology coach who can help them if they just feel like they have a challenging relationship with food.
1: Yeah. And as you said from earlier, some of the things you ask about, these it's likely rooted in some some very things they wouldn't expect their food issues to be rooted in from their childhood or other traumas or other things in life that manifest themselves in the relationship with food.
0: Mm-hmm. And sometimes food challenges can be very simple to correct because there's just nutritional imbalances and when we talk about nutrition and I give them some very simple guidelines and they make some easy changes, some of that um, like the cravings, struggling with cravings, almost like correct themselves just for making some small tweaks to the nutrition and, and then that's very easy but some of the other stuff that might be rooted um, in maybe experiencing a trauma at some point in their life, um, that might require a little bit more healing and sure. a little bit longer work together. That would make sense.
1: Emily Lavoie, Eating Psychology Coach. Thanks for being with us today.
0: Thanks for having me, I appreciate it. Me, and I'm,
1: I want to go have an apple now after this conversation. I'm going to forget about the candy bars and go to an apple.
0: It doesn't matter what you eat um, as long as what you're eating doesn't cause guilt.
1: Ah, okay. I will take that with me forward. Emily, thanks so much.
0: My pleasure.